The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning again, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. So today we are in the fourth part, the concluding part of our series Made for More. Made for More. And it's interesting that the journey we have been on has been one that has taken us through different twists and turns. We began in part one by laying a foundation and explaining that until you see yourself as God sees you, the truth is you cannot experience all that God has for you. Until we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, we can't even begin to experience all that God has for us. So um, if you missed that part of the series, you want to get it, you know. And we also established and explained in part one that if you want to know the direction of your life, if you want to know, many people want to know the, the future, the direction that their lives will go. And, and we said, if you want to know the direction of life is, is moving, is going or going inevitably, look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because your word is the steering wheel of your destiny. The words that you speak will steer your destiny in whatever direction you, you propel and project your words to. And we also established at the first part that the things that pertain to your destiny, to my destiny, to our destinies, are within our reach. They are within reach. I mean, we cannot go on with life thinking that, oh, if I can only get a grasp of the things that pertain to my destiny. God showed us clearly in his word that they are within our reach. Huge. In part two, we zoomed in on the story of, of Gideon and we explained that there are about five things that we learn from the story of Gideon that releases into more. The first is that is, is the honest admittance of current situation. And we unpack that honest admittance of current situation, how it is tied to being more. We also saw that to be more, we needed to learn how to navigate the altars. We needed to, to learn how to navigate the altars. Number three, we saw that we have to be robed with power. Every great work of God in your life must be done by the power of God through your life. And fourthly, we saw that we for you to end up with more, you have to be sifted to saw. You have to be sifted to saw. And at the end of the day, number five, you have to get up and, and go. You have to get up and go. You have to get up and go. In part three, last week, we saw a couple of things. The first is that um, grit is so important. And it is the number one determinant of success. Not intelligence, not talent, not connections, not giftings. Intelligence is good. 
you should be. Talent is, is beautiful. Connections are needed. Gifting is a plus, but greed is the number one determinant. And we explained that greed is that stubborn refusal to quit. The stubborn refusal to quit. That is greed. Then we went on and we explained the difference between kissers and cleavers. Those that kiss and just kiss and those that go beyond kissing and cleave. We saw that cleavers go beyond the kiss into the mix, into destiny, into greatness. Whereas kissers, by and large, while they may not be betrayers or fair-weather friends, they are in for what they can get. It is what is in it for me. That's the language of the kisser. And we explained that people do not abandon people they love. People abandon people they were using. As long as you are useful to, to them, as far as they can see, Naomi will follow you. But as long as, as soon as we see that there's nothing in your womb for us, that's, what, that's their conclusion. There's no sun for us in your womb. There's no, there's no future, as it were. There's nothing we can benefit from you. They kiss you goodbye. So people don't abandon the people they love. They abandon the people they were using. They can give whatever excuse they want to give. It can sound very pious. It can sound very self-righteous. But they were using you. And good readers, many times, God needs to read your life of kisses. So today, as we wrap up the series, Made for More, we're going to look at the things that happen to everybody that, if well handled, will always lead to more. There's, there, there are a couple of them that happen to everybody. Everybody will experience these things. But if they are handled well, they always lead to more. We'll look at three of such. Three things. There are, of course, a lot more. You could talk about a lot more with your friends that you do life with, or your life group, or your you know, circle of influence, and just share. But today we look at three. Three things that happen to everybody, but that if you handle well, will always lead to more. Are you ready? Ask your neighbor, are you ready? 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 Fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> we are about to take off. Three things that happen to everybody that if you handle well, will always lead to more. Number one is age. Everyone say age. <laughs> Everyone will experience aging. Everyone will age. Everyone, today, you have an age. What's your age? Take a moment and ask your neighbor, what's your age? <laughs> if they are not smiling, don't worry. Find someone else and say, what's your age? Everybody has one. It happens to everybody. But what you do with age determines whether you 
end up with more or not. Many times, we assume that certain things come with age and from age. And because we do, we miss certain opportunities. Because certain things don't come with age. On the other hand, there are certain things that will not come except with age. And if you don't understand that, you also miss a lot of opportunities. So, the first one, there's not everything comes with age. Not everything we think comes with age, comes with age. For instance, wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom doesn't come with age. Have you heard a fool at 40? <laughs> there are people that grow old, but they are not wise. Many times, we wait for old people to speak because we assume that age equals wisdom. I pray that your age will equal wisdom in the name of Jesus. That as you grow older, you get wiser in the mighty name of Jesus. But if that is the, wisdom, the, 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 the concept we are waiting on, Many times, we miss a lot of opportunities. For instance, Elihu, the youngest of Job's friends, waited and waited for the older ones to speak to the situation. And he waited, and, and he waited, and he was boiling. Why? Because, he, you know, he, the, the older ones didn't have the wisdom. So he wasted time. Many times, we waste time thinking that certain things come with age. But certain things, not everything, come with age. He went on to say in the book of Job that I said age should speak. I said multitude of years should teach wisdom. He says, but there is a spirit in man, the inspiration of the Almighty that gives them understanding. In other words, Wisdom doesn't always come with age. You are going to age, but I pray that you'll be wise in the name of Jesus. Some people, on, on, on the contrary, I mean, in, in foolishness is that they become more foolish as they, as they, as they grow older. You know, I mean, I've experienced such people. They make horrible decisions as they, grow, as they grow older. And I pray that you will consistently make wise decision in the name of Jesus. So don't wait until you grow old. Don't wait. You have the Spirit of God. Wisdom lies within you. You know, we grew up hearing, you know, people say to us that, oh, you are too young. You are too young to do this. Um, you are too young. You are too young. You are too long. But before long, <laughs> we are almost too old. <laughs> you know, before you know it, they're saying you are too old. You are too old. So what happened between too young and too old? Don't let anyone define you by your age. Don't allow anyone block you because of your age. Trust me, age 
can just be a number. I'm not saying age is just a number. You know, you've heard it, age is not a number. Not necessarily, but age can just be a number. Age can just be a number. So if you see a Goliath, you are not too young to bring it down. David showed up in 1 Samuel 17. David showed up on the scene and there was Goliath. And everybody else were hiding. They were panicking. But David stepped up to the plate. I pray that you step up to whatever Goliath confronting your life, confronting your family, confronting your nation. Whatever nation you're in, in Nigeria, in South Africa, in America, wherever you are, you will step up and confront the Goliath and bring it down regardless of your age. Why? Because you're not too young. Neither are you too old to fulfill your destiny. Ah, you see, sometimes people that are Elderly, I've bought a lie that, okay, your time has passed. Um, you, the, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. You know, just relax. Enjoy the rest of your life. Don't bite that bait. You are made for more. There's still more in you for God. There's still more in God for you. And neither are you too small to embrace your destiny in God. Um, Paul would say to, to Timothy, don't let any man despise your youth, but be an example. Lead the way. Lead the way. Chart the course. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Timothy, don't let anyone. There's a reason the word of God says, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. If you have breath, you have a purpose. If you have breath, you have a destiny to fulfill. Don't settle for nothing. Step up and take down the Goliath. Because you can be more regardless of your age. You can be more regardless of your age. Do I get that? Amen. So that's the first thing that happens to everyone that if you harness properly and engage properly, you will end up with more. So the first is age. The second, number two, something that happens to everybody that if you harness well, you will end up with more is loss. Is loss. In fact, loss and more don't appear together. <laughs> I mean, don't go together, if you will. Loss and more do not really go together. You don't go together. But many times, God brings more out of loss. God brings more out of loss. Many times, God brings abundance out of scarcity. That's how God works. So, if, if there's a season of scarcity, there's a season of loss. If you understand God and you walk with God, you will end up with more. You will end up with more. Classic example, the examples we've, we, we looked at in parts one and two, Gideon. 
Gideon, loss of harvest. Not only did they lose the harvest, eventually because he was trying to obey God, he lost, he lost the altar, or its family altar, that became a community altar. He lost the Asherah pole that was like monumental, should be probably in museums by now. He lost over 99% of his soldiers. Gideon lost over 99% of his soldiers. He was left with 0.97 of all his soldiers. It was like loss after loss after loss, and he lost a lot of things. But guess what? God made Gideon lose so that he can gain. God made Gideon go through loss so that he can end up with more. Gideon lost his low self-esteem so that he can end up as the commander of the host of the nation. Gideon lost sight of how small his father's home is so that he can lead a whole nation. So Gideon had what we've called his story of more. You will have your story of more. Gideon had a story of more. He had abundant harvest. Gideon built an altar to the living God. Gideon's soldiers became more powerful than the opposition. What's the point of having a large army that are weak? He had a small army that is strong. Gideon gained. He, he had a story of more. Ended up with. He ended up with more. Gideon ended up with more. Look at um, Ruth. Ruth also had a story of, of more. And within this story of more embedded is loss. Ruth had a story of loss. She lost her husband. She lost her father-in-law. She lost her brother-in-law. She lost her people because she moved away from her people. She lost her country because when you leave a country, in those days you have left, there's no social media, there's no email, there's no phone calls, there's no I mean, video calls, there's no FaceTime. When you leave, you leave. It's not these days people are leaving to Canada, but as if they are living in Nigeria. <laughs> when you check their posts, you are like, is this guy in Nigeria or in Canada? She lost a whole lot. She lost friends. And guess what? When she cleaved to Naomi, it appeared that she was losing our opportunity to ever have a child. Hmm. And from the loss, from the loss, the story of loss, came the story of more. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the story of loss in your life will become the story of more. Every story of loss in your life will become the story of more in the name of Jesus. She had the story written to the story of more.
she gained a new husband. She had children. She had a new family. She had new people. She had a new country. She had a new God. Oof. Your life story will end with more in the name of Jesus. John 12, 24. John 12, 24 says to us, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. Except a corn of wheat is planted in, in the soil and dies. The greatest level of loss, if you will, is death and dies. But except it experiences that loss, it abides alone. It, unless the wheat, the corn, experiences the loss, it will not experience the more. That's what the Bible is saying. But it dies, its death, rather, will produce many kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the places where you've experienced loss, you will experience multiple harvest of new. You will experience multiple harvest of new and freshness in the mighty name of Jesus. So, what we're saying by the grace of God is that the setback that comes with loss is actually a setup for a comeback for more. Hallelujah. Woo! So, the setback that comes with loss is actually a setup for a comeback for more. A comeback for more. Don't get me wrong. Loss is agonizing. Yes, it is. It's agonizing. It's painful. It's painful. But it is a prerequisite many times to more. It's a prerequisite to abundance. Many times, God needs to put some things to an end so that it can start a new chapter in your life. God needs to put a chapter to an end so that a new chapter will open. I mean, there's uh, some um, great guy, Pastor Rick Warren, that said this. So apt, he said, there is no growth without change. So if you want to grow, you have to change. And there is no change without loss. If you want to change, you have to lose something. Something has to give if you want to change. And there is no loss without pain. So there is no loss without pain. That's why a lot of people are not growing. That's why a lot of people are not ending up with more. It's that they're avoiding the pain that comes from loss that will lead to change that will bring about the growth, that will bring about more. So we see that no loss without pain. Every loss comes with pain. It is lost because it is painful. Guess what? Loss leads to change. Loss builds creativity, leads to change. And guess what? Change leads to growth. No growth without change. No change without loss. And no loss without pain. So, 
your capacity to navigate loss will always determine whether you end up with more. Ah, your capacity to navigate loss will actually determine whether you end up with more. Whether you end up with more. And sometimes when we look at this issue of loss, the things that we feel a sense of loss about are actually things that did not happen. But we're still feeling a sense of loss because there are things we hope and want to happen. But we feel a sense of For instance, you apply for a job. You go for a job interview. And it's, it's an amazing interview as far as you're concerned. You aced the interview. You're the best candidate. But, and they said they will call you back. You went home, you rejoiced, you probably began to shop for new work clothings. And you waited and waited and waited. And they never called you back. And you discovered that someone else got the job. Someone that, by your estimation, you better, you better than. <laughs> so guess what? You feel the sense of loss. You feel the sense of loss. But you see, even the loss of the things that did not happen are always in your favor because... The one thing that never happened is the best thing that never happened. Hallelujah. Think about it. The one thing that never happened, oftentimes, is the best thing that never happened. So when you look at every life that is great and everyone that is worth listening to, you know, because not everybody that is worth listening to, the wiser you get, the more you, you tune off certain voices, certain channels. Why? Because it's not everybody that is worth listening to. The people that are worth listening to, if you check, talked into the story of their life is the story of more. And guess what? Talked into that story of more is the story of loss. I'm praying for you that every story of loss will turn into a story of more in the mighty name of Jesus. When your story is being told, it will not be a story of loss. It will be a story of more in the mighty name of Jesus. Remember that there is no growth without change. There is no change without loss. And there is no loss without pain. Speak. You may be feeling the pain right now, the pain of the loss, and you are going through the change, you are going through that transition. It's going to lead to more in the name of Jesus. It's going to lead to more in the name of Jesus. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is this God turns agony into melody, God turns the agony of loss into the melody of more. Every life that is going through the agony of loss, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will experience the melody of more. Every life going through the agony of loss will experience the melody of more in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So the three things that happen to 
everyone that if managed properly will lead to more. The first is age, is age. The second is loss, is loss. And the third is the opportunity for gratitude. Everyone will have an opportunity for gratitude. Whether you take it or not will determine whether you end up with more or not. Because a child that is grateful for what was done yesterday will get more today. Oh yes, it's, it's a Yoruba proverb that a, a child that, is, that says thank you for yesterday will end up with more today. Every day, every second gives you the opportunity to be grateful. In other words, every day, every second gives you the opportunity to end up with more. With more. Say, but pastor, I'm, I'm just not a very grateful person. I'm a very ungrateful person. That's just how I am. You know, people, you know, gloating strange things. You know, some say, oh, pastor, you know, we are just wicked in my family. I'm just a very wicked person. <laughs> some say, ah, pastor, we are very spiteful in my family. I'm just very spiteful. That's just how I am. No, say, oh, Pastor, uh, we are just very uh, anger. You know, we, we break things when we are angry. We break television. <laughs> Look, that will not be your portion. You need to separate yourself from the decay of your lineage in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor, I'm not a very grateful person. You will be a grateful person because gratitude is a learned behavior. Gratitude is learned. Same for temperance. Temperance is learned. So you, even if you have anger in your, your father, your forefathers, you can learn temperance, a learned behavior. Courtesy is a learned behavior, learned behavior. Even if you learn, you are spiteful, all your generations are spiteful. Courtesy is a learned behavior. So these are learned behaviors. You can reteach yourself. You can reborn yourself. You know, those of us that are parents, when we have children, we have children are, can be naturally selfish, you know. <laughs> someone said to me, someone that is new to parenting, he said to me that, he was very frustrated, he said to me that, Pastor, Pastor, do you know children are very, are very selfish? <laughs> I laughed. You know, I said, you were also selfish now, you were born selfish. That's why our parents say to us, when they give us stuff, when people give us stuff, they always say, what do you say? They say, thank you, you know. But you say, what do you say? After a while, all you need to do is look at that child. You don't need to say, what do you say again? Someone gives your child something, or you just, just give them the look. They say, ah, thank you, sir. They just say, thank you, if they forgot. Then after a while, they don't even need to. You don't even need to look. They say, thank you. So they lend gratitude. The more grateful you are, the higher you go. They say, gratitude determines your altitude. The higher you you go. And the truth is this ungrateful people cannot sustain a walk with God. Un ungrateful people cannot sustain a walk with God. You can't sustain a walk with God with ingratitude. You can't. God will be far away from you. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, You come into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. With Thanksgiving. This is a Thanksgiving service. You come, how many of us left our homes determined? We are grateful to God for 
the month of August. We are grateful for the eighth month of the, of the year. We are actually grateful. If you are not, you can tell yourself and be grateful right now. Just say thank you to God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. You see, one of your biggest assets is God's presence. Is God's presence. And if you are not grateful, you cannot access his presence. Gratitude is required. Gratitude. Have you, have you tried to do life with ungrateful people? Not very pleasant experiences. Gratitude is big with God. And when you're in God's presence, the biggest thing you can ever do in life is to let God love you. Woo! That's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is allow God to love you. But you cannot even allow him. You cannot even get there. You cannot even experience that presence of the living God when you are ungrateful. It is gratitude that ushers you in. And once you are in, it is gratitude that will make you allow God to love you. Allow God to love you. God wants to love you. As you come to church today, the biggest thing you can do in God's presence is to allow God to love you. Just allow him to love you. When we say thank you, you're saying three things. Three things. You say thank you. The first thing is this. When you say thank you, you're saying, I notice what you have done. I notice it. And not only did I notice it, I am acknowledging it. Because you can notice something and ignore it. You can notice something and, and not acknowledge it. Someone can be nice to you, you notice it, or you take your, take your eyes away. You're behaving like a spoiled brat. Can notice and ignore. But when you're saying thank you, you're noticing, you're acknowledging. Then number three, you're not only noticing and acknowledging, you're celebrating. Because you can notice and acknowledge and say, eh, what's the big deal about that? Are you the first person that will ever bless somebody with health, with good health? Are you the first person that will bless someone with a new car? Eh, what's the big deal about that? After all, other people are getting airplanes, airplanes, this is, this is just an ordinary, you know, land cruiser, you know, and you want me to be saying thank you. It is noticing. You are saying to God, I notice you. I notice what you have done. I'm acknowledging what you have done, and I'm celebrating it. That is saying thank you. And one of the things that keeps us from being grateful is that we are stuck in the previous chapter. So, your life is like a book. You know, you get to a chapter as if some things happen that are tough. Close that chapter. Finish it. Close it. Then move to the next chapter. But many times, we are stuck in that chapter. The truth is this. You can never know how the story of your life will end. You can never know how glorious the story of your life is if you keep reading the same chapter of your life. Some are stuck even on the same page. That page, that person that treated you like this, that person, that person. Let it go. Turn the page. Here's a new chapter. A new chapter has begun. Turn the page. 
Say, Pastor, can I turn the page? Yes, you can. You have permission to turn the page in the name of Jesus. You have permission to turn the page. And you turn the page willfully. If you read the book of Psalms, you will see where the psalmist will express emotion. But it will allow reason to rule. You will say, oh, I almost slid until I went to your house and I saw, I discovered, my reason was opened. This book of Psalms is a very emotional book, very, 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 very vulnerable book, very, very honest. But one thing you see consistently is that the Psalmists always allow their mind to overrule their emotions. They allow the facts to overrule their feelings. So your mind has to be stronger than your feelings. Otherwise, your feelings will wreck your life. Feelings are fleeting. They are easily manipulated. But the truth remains the truth. That's why we have the I am confession. I am a child of God. You may not feel like it, but you are a child of God. Your mind tells you you are because that is the truth. I am seen. I am heard. I am cherished. I am beloved. You are. Your mind tells you. Your feelings may say, oh, you are, you are a wretch. You, you are nothing. Look at you. You are, you know, but the truth. And all that is tied to taking that opportunity of being grateful, regardless of how you feel. Someone says that if you have forgotten the language of gratitude, you will never be on speaking terms with happiness. <laughs> so powerful. If you've forgotten the language of gratitude, you, the reason you are not happy is not because God doesn't love you. Or it's not because this person jilted you. Or it's not because that thing happened to you. Or it's not because this did not happen to you. It's because you are ungrateful. Say, but Pastor, how can I be grateful? Nothing is happening. That is the language of the ungrateful person. Something is happening. Check. Something, something has happened. In fact, you are here today. That's something that has happened. And it's a big deal that you are here today. Do you know how many people died with COVID-19? But you are here, alive. Some of you have had COVID four times. Some people two times, some people three times. But you are still here. Some people once. Some people even never got COVID. With all the things flying around, you didn't catch it once. But you are still here. Is that not a reason to say thank you to God? Are we going to say thank you today? To God, are we going to be that child that remembers the good of yesterday and is able to say thank you today? Are we going to be that person that comes to the God of heaven and say thank you? When it's time for Thanksgiving, don't just give. Yes, give is that opportunity for you to say thank you, but really say thank you from your heart. Dance, be grateful, be joyous. It is amazing what God will do because you will end up with more in the name of Jesus. I want to pray with you if you're here. You're like, Pastor, I'm in God's presence. If you're in God's presence, you're here, you're listening to God's word. 
like we said earlier on, the biggest thing that you can do is to allow God love you. The biggest thing, the best thing you can do is to allow God love you. God wants to love you. God loves you. He wants to put his arms around you. And you're going to allow God to love you. For some of us, that would mean connecting with God, surrendering with God to God. You're saying, Pastor, that is me. I want to surrender to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus before. I used to be born again, but I'm not with God today. I want to allow God to love me. I want to pray with you wherever you're seated. Wherever you're seated, put up your hand now over your head as I turn it over to...